Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nettling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. So happy today to have on my um, desk, or as a guest, on my show, Steve Gallegos. And so I will tell you a little bit about Steve. Again, the object of our podcast is to empower you by bringing on guests and, and topics that will grow your business and take it to the next level. Let me tell you a little bit about Steve. He is known as America's ambassador on success. He's an international speaker, trainer, award-winning author, and authority on personal development and communication. He has learned these lessons as a US Marine, a law enforcement officer, a singer, songwriter, recording artist, a board certified civil trial, trial lawyer, internet startup founder and publisher of commercial photography. What a resume, Steve. This is just too good. He delivers unparalleled real life training guidance to his audience so that they can become those executives, entrepreneurs, and public personalities to be able to resolve matters dealing with self-mastery, communication, and relationships. He is the founder and president of Voices of Impact Awards, which is a premier event celebrating and equipping people with stories that inspire humanity. Let's get right into it and to be able to uh, get into the questions. I always ask you a simple question. So welcome, Steve. And let's get right to the simple question, which is, where do you live? What do you call home? Oh, that's the hardest question ever. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Are you one of those roving people that travels from here to there everywhere? Well, we've done a lot of traveling, uh, not since COVID so much, but pre-COVID, yeah. we were doing a lot of traveling. In fact, uh, pre-COVID, we were living in Costa Rica. So we moved from Dallas to Costa Rica. And then about six months in that journey, Vicki, my wife um, has an intuition. You know, you women have this powerful intuition. She said, we need to go back to the United States. Couldn't put our finger on any specific reason why. So we decided to, and we moved to Denver. And two weeks after moving oh. to Denver, the whole world shut down wow. due to COVID. And so that was the reason that we needed to leave Costa Rica. Not that it would have been impossible, but it would have made things very difficult for living and accessing what we needed to do, etc. Wow, that is, it is true. You get those God's, God whispers and there yep. you go. Well, I'm glad that you're back in the States and, and, and be able to uh, 
keep your internet access strong, but I do know that Costa Rica is not so bad. <laughs> it's not so bad, but they don't have Amazon Prime, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that's not good. <laughs> My husband would be just in a, a panic. Yes, hilarious. Yeah. So you've accomplished so much, and and yet, it, was it always easy for you to, to get where you're going and, and accomplish all these things? Your, as I said, your resume is so extensive and it, and it's not like a normal progression that you would expect. How did you do that? What was the biggest struggle for you to go from your, your journey path to this, you know, to each of the different steps that you took? Vicky, thank you for that question. And, and, and also thank you for producing this show with such wonderful guests, which is how you and I met uh, by listening to one of your amazing guests. And I said, hey, I want to be on your show too. So, <laughs> so thank you for that. Um, uh, to, say it would be, to say it was easy, obviously, would be <laughs> a lie. And I don't think anybody that achieves big things in life or, you know, I don't want to say wonderful or great because I don't think I've done anything wonderful or great. I've just done a lot of things and I've done them really well. Um, but there've been some very low moments in my life too, including from when I was uh, three or four years old to when I was 17 years old, um, I was known as good for nothing. Oh. Actually, my, my full name was absolutely good for oh. nothing. Um, and so what happens is the more that you're referred to as a bad person or a good for nothing, the more good for nothing you become. And so I became more and more good for nothing, did good for nothing things, hung around good for nothing people, uh, friends in high school, et cetera. So by the time I'm 17 years old uh, and my uh, fellow uh, senior in high school, they're celebrating where they're going to go to college, um, universities, et cetera. Um, I had no vision for my future. I had mm -hmm. no hopes of going to college. I barely graduated high school. Um, all I wanted to do was commit suicide. Mm -hmm. So I tried that several times. But as it turns out, Vicky, I couldn't even do that right. Uh, so what I did is um, my girlfriend at the time gave me a book. Uh, by Norman Vincent Peale uh -huh. called The Power of Positive Thinking. Mm -hmm. And I read some of the book. I can't say I read it all. I read some of the book and I didn't understand any of it, except there were seven words that caught my attention. And he says in there, change your thoughts and change your change world. Your world. Mm -hmm. You're familiar with that. Yeah. I didn't know, Vicky, that it was possible to change your thoughts, even though he explained that in the book. I, I you know, again, it went over my head. I wasn't smart mm -hmm. enough to... <laughs> To, to accept that or embrace it. But I did know that I could change my world. And that to me meant running away from home. So I said, okay, high school's done. I'm out of here, no reason for me to stay. So I ran away and joined the United States Marine Corps, right? Talk about jumping from the frying pan into the fire. <laughs> <laughs> and so it turned out that uh, during that 13 weeks of boot camp, I was in Paris Island, South Carolina, which is right down mm -hmm. the street from you. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, I, there were three other individuals in my class who mm -hmm. were primarily Spanish speaking, and they were having a lot of trouble with the academic portion of the Marine Corps boot camp training. Mm -hmm. And so no one asked me and no one suggested it, but I decided to take them under my wing. And mm -hmm. each night after everybody went to sleep, the four of us would go and sit in the showers. We'd sit on the cold, wet, 
musty <laughs> tile floor there in in the in the uh, in the squad bay. The and ideal I, classroom. The ideal classroom. <laughs> and I would read that day's materials um, and translate it from English to Spanish, and we would have a discussion, and then we would talk about it. So I that I knew that they understood. Well, this went on for a couple of weeks before about two thirty in the morning one evening, or one morning. One of the drill instructors heard noises coming from the showers. And of course, he's singing voices from the showers, uh, a bunch Thinking of Marines in things. here. What could, <laughs> nothing good is nothing. happening in there. Nothing no. good is happening. I assure So he came in storming like he was taking down an enemy bunker, right? Just mm. yelling and cussing and screaming, scared us to pieces. By the time I picked my heart up off the floor and stood up and I, you know, I told him what we were doing. He looked at us like complete disbelief. But he said, all right, carry on. Fast forward 13 weeks later uh, to the final exams. I graduate number one in the class. Um, my three friends graduate in the top 10. Uh -huh. um, and as a result of what I did, uh, I was awarded the rank of private first class nice. the, and, and designated the, the uh, platoon honor man, which mm -hmm. is the equivalent of val valedictorian. Awesome. So this taught me that everything that I had been told about myself previously, awesome. being good for nothing, was absolute lie. Mm -hmm. And so I learned that I, I did have value. There was something that I could offer the world. Um, and it taught me my first valuable lesson, which yeah. is, I achieved my dreams helping others achieve theirs, which is, I didn't know Zig Ziglar at the time. He had something <laughs> similar. Um, but, and so that's how I live. I've lived my life. And the reason that I've had so many careers is because I've been wanting to do different things, right? It was a natural transition from Marine to become a police officer. Mm -hmm. All right. But from there, my my real goal was to become the next the modern day Julio Iglesias, <laughs> right? And so I was pursuing a singing career while being a police officer. And and so I was in Los Angeles at the time. Mm -hmm. And then one of the judges that I worked for, because I worked in the courtrooms at the time in Santa Barbara, California, mm -hmm. the judge that I worked for said, you know what? You have an aptitude for law. Do you know that the entertainment lawyers run the whole industry? And so you could open a lot of doors by becoming a lawyer. And I thought, wow, look at that. So I can pursue my career as a singer. I can become a lawyer and I can wear Armani suits at the same time. <laughs> I'm in. Right? That was my motivation and inspiration. So I went, to, awesome. law school. I went to law school at night, um, passed the California bar first time around. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of people get that privilege. And then I moved and then I started practicing uh, entertainment law decided that, you know, there was just too many abuses in there, too many people getting taken uh, advantage of. Mm. Uh, so after 16 years, I left uh, the my trial practice in, in LA, reinvented myself in Dallas, Texas as a commercial photographer, had so much fun there doing that for a couple of years. But through that process, people always kept asking me for advice on their relationships, on their marriages, on their business, on their personal lives. And mm. I thought there's got to be something to this. So I started a deep analysis and found that, yes, all throughout my prior careers, from a Marine to present day photographer, I've always been in a position to guide and lead others. Mm. And that's when it came to be that my true calling is to educate mm. and guide others. And so I became an executive coach. And fast forward, 
um, a few years. And here I am now as president of the Voices of Impact Awards, uh, because I believe that we all have stories uh, yeah. that need to be shared. Because mm-hmm. as I just shared with you, someone's going to listen to that and relate to it and go, wow, if Steve can go from good for nothing to all of the amazing things he's done, mm-hmm. I can do it too. Yeah. And that's really the goal of this podcast is, you know, I always say to people, I'm, I'll believe in you until you do. And, mm. and and so often people don't. I mean, they just let, you know, other people tell them their worth and only, you know, your worth. Yeah. So. But you have to come to to terms with that. Right. And, yeah. and, and most people, as you know, being in the uh, business that you're in and and being in the uh, network marketing business and you've helped and guided so many people over the years, um, you know that most of us have to come to some sort of a breaking point oh, yeah. before we can break through right mm-hmm. to the other side and realize all that junk behind me is not really me. I went through it. Yes, but that's not me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't identify me, right? Define me. Yeah. And and I always think that you have to to know what it feels like to fail, to to struggle, to appreciate when you get that win, right. when you have that success, when you find love and all. And I, I think people want to shortcut all that. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. We call it in photography, we call that contrast. Mm-hmm. In photography, we chase the light. There's yeah. no picture unless you have dark mm-hmm. areas and light areas. In the mm-hmm. dark areas is the contrast in our life. So if you live in a home, if you're a woman and you're living in a home with too small of a closet, that's how you know you want a bigger closet because yeah. yours is too small, right? Yeah. Or you're in a bad relationship, that's how you know you want a good relationship because yeah. you know what a bad one is. Yeah. Contrast. There's a country song out that um, that it says, you know, uh, I, I'm not going to tell you what you did. I'm going to tell everybody what you didn't do. Mm. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. In in your bio, it talks about that you went from Marine to police officer, but you say you were subject to deportation. Why? <laughs> well, it happens that I was born in Chile. And I mm-hmm. came to this country when I was seven years old, legally, mm-hmm. right? My parents mm-hmm. migrated from, from Chile to Venezuela, to Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. finally to, to Chicago. Mm-hmm. And so I grew up with no reason to, you know, adjust my papers or anything. I was, I was here, I was going to school. Yeah. I, was able to, I was able to join the Marine Corps without a problem. You know, they didn't say you've got to be a citizen. And so it wasn't until after I get out, I'm in Los Angeles and I'm mm-hmm. mar- married at the time. And my wife and I took a... Uh, a trip to across the border to um, Mexico for the Mm -hmm. weekend. And uh, coming back, the U.S. Border Patrol um, detained me and they asked me for my identification. I showed them my badge. I wasn't carrying my weapon, thankfully. I did show them my badge because I was a a law enforcement officer Mm -hmm. at the time. And, you know, they looked at it kind of strangely, but I had told them that I'm from Chile, but I didn't have any evidence of you know, citizenship. Mm -hmm. So they detained me, they kept me there for a couple of hours. Finally, they let me through with a temporary pass, uh, a temporary visa in my passport. Mm -hmm. Um, And so in the meantime, I applied for citizenship. Mm -hmm. I applied three times, because every time I applied and kept following up on it, the uh, immigration service would say, 
We have no record. We don't know where it is. Nothing happens. And so I was subject to deportation because now the temporary visa in my passport had Mm -hmm. expired. Mm -hmm. So I was here with zero immigration status or illegal immigration status. And a funny thing happened, and this is the way the universe works. It has worked on my life. At the time I was parking, I had left the police force. I'm parking cars during the day, going to law school at night. The parking service that I was uh, employed by, we got the contract to um, provide valet services for then President Ronald Reagan (laughs) and his wife, Nancy, who who would go visit the Western White House, which is in Santa Barbara, California Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. at the time. So I was one of the four chosen to provide services. Again, I'm an illegal immigrant, right? And so during one of the breaks, um, we were asked if we wanted to meet the president and the first lady. We said, of course. And so while we're standing there waiting for the photographer to set up, um, you know, the Secret Service guy had told us, don't talk to the president. Just stand there and wait for the photographer. I said, okay, right. So he's standing next to me. And he looks down and he says, you know, hello. We say hello. And he says, do you have any questions for me? And I said, as a matter of fact, I do, Mr. President. And I told him, I've been this, I've done that. I've done this for your country. I've got awards. I've got this, that. I've applied and no one can seem to help me. And now I'm stuck. I'm illegal. He says, send me a letter. And when I get back to the White House, I'll see what I can do. Sure enough, two months later, I'm at work. I get a call. Hey, Steve, phone for you. It's the director of the United States Immigration Service. (laughs) On the other on the other line. Wow. And he says, President Reagan forwarded us your letter. And I just want you to know personally that I apologize, but this will be taken care of. Mm-hmm. And so within like the next two or three months or so, I was being sworn in as America's newest citizen and uh, you know, rode in the fourth of July parade in Santa Barbara, California, and made a lot of politicians a lot of uh headlines. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So it's a great story. That is a great story. Are you going to write a book? I I have written one book. I'm in the process Mm -hmm. of writing another one with my life story. Oh, awesome. Well, whatever your book is, make sure you send a picture of it so I can add it to your um, information. Wonderful. Thank you for that. On my website. Yeah. So you shared such wonderful stories. I mean, gosh, we could probably have three podcasts on your life, but I'm running out of time already. (laughs) Why is storytelling so important? Um, For the reasons that we've just highlighted, uh, stories allow us to connect with one another. And that's Mm -hmm. the basis of our being here as humans is building connection, building relationships, being able to say, look at Vicki Nuffling and, and say, wow, Vicki, as a result of what you've gone through, what you've been through, what you're going through, where you're headed, I admire you, I respect you, and I don't have to compete with you. Mm-hmm. I can collaborate with you because it, it, we're, we're the same, right? We're going through a journey and we're all going through some garbage and we can learn from each other, yeah, right? And we can sure. support each other. So that's and, why I think it's important. And that's so important for the you know audience to hear that find your tribe, find your network, find your people, because they understand what you're going through. They've been there, they've done that, or they're going through it right now. And, and so it's so much better to be able to talk to people that understand. Indeed. And even if they don't understand your story can get them to at least say, Mm -hmm. 
okay, I get it. I may not like you. We may not do business. We may not date. We may not move in together, but mm. I get it, right? Yeah, now that right. I understand, I get why you feel that way. I get how you see the world that way. Wow. All right. It's already time for rapid fire. I oh. am going to have to have you back because there are just so many things, more questions that I have to ask you. So definitely um, we'll have to do this again. But for rapid fire, the first question is, as a speaker, you know, our voice is our uh, moneymaker, really. <laughs> you can't tell a story if you can't speak. And so give us some, you know, one or two tips to make sure that we take care of our voice or that we can avoid losing that voice as I did with COVID. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you for that. Um, and I know that you say that to all your guests. I've listened to some of your shows and you always want to have your guests back because you only pick great guests. On it. Yeah. I so do. anyway, one of my favorite tips um, in this one, not a lot of people talk about because we don't think about care of the voice. That means mm -hmm. how do you warm up your voice? How do you prepare like if, if you go to the gym you warm up first before you go and, and lift those heavy weights or before you go on the run you might stretch or at least warm up right do some warm up well the same thing with the voice we talk all day long and so our voices get really tired so what you can do when your voice becomes hoarse or strained or when you lose your voice altogether do this <laughs> at yeah, first, I, don't think I, I don't think i can do that uh, if, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Put your lips together. And uh -huh. if you have trouble doing it on your own, you can squeeze your cheeks like this. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so much fun when you're driving down the highway and doing this. <laughs> you get, I just got the visual. Like I just got the visual. <laughs> yeah, but that's what you do. It's called a lip trill, T-R-I-L, or, or some people call it, hey, Steve, you just taught me how to give a raspberry. Yeah, like you're giving it to well, I can do raspberries, yes. Okay. So singers, so did you learn this as a singer or I as did. a, yes, I yeah, was going to say. As a singer, yeah. Mm -hmm. My uh, voice coach when I was in Los Angeles was Seth Riggs, and <sighs> he was the coach at the time to Michael Jackson, yeah, Al Jarrell, yeah. and so many others uh, at the time. Mm -hmm. He's since passed away, but he was just a, a great man. And I still have the recording where he taught me how to do that. I, <laughs> it, it, it feels weird. But recently, we had a chance to use that in Dallas, I was asked to MC a TEDx event. Mm -hmm. And the night before the event, three of the speakers, two of them were hoarse, one lost his voice. Mm -hmm. I taught them this trick. The next morning, all three of them delivered like nobody's business. So yeah. you do that to warm up your voice before you go to the office, before you get on a, any kind of a TED or, or stage or a mm -hmm. Zoom call. <laughs> and just do that up and down up and down up and down and that's how you warm up your voice sounds good yeah um like i said with when i got covid the first time it was the more first of a, time <laughs> yeah lucky me um the second time wasn't so bad it was because it was after vaccinations but um the first time was more i got it from my dad who ended up having the pneumonia version so mm. and i had to do training for people um that next week and I completely couldn't speak <laughs> so, so they had to cover for me I didn't have you to tell me I could just have done some drilling yeah just, yeah, just do raspberries all day mm -hmm. long <laughs> yeah the worst thing you can do is try and whisper whispering yeah. is very very hard on your voice vocal cords so can anyone I'm I know my opinion of this, but can anyone be a good speaker or are there just some people that were born that way? <laughs> <laughs> you 
know what? It seems <laughs> like some people were just born that way. We're all born with the gift of the voice, unless, mm -hmm. of course, you have some physical reason why your vocal cords don't work. Mm -hmm. But just like Vicky, just like we are born with uh, legs, not all of us can be an Olympic athlete. In, in running, we have to train, we yeah. have to develop our muscles, we have to do that. And so the people that sound like they were natural born speakers, we're all natural born speakers, but they've gone through some training, they've had experience, they've gone through some coaching. And so they know what to say, when to say it, and how to say it. Mm -hmm. And not everybody does, because most of us grow up, for example, if you're in a Hispanic uh, culture, we grew up being told uh, kids are to be seen and not heard. Um, <laughs> shut up. Don't talk back. Um, listen to me. But, you know, we, di we didn't even make eye contact with the adults yeah. when they were talking to us. And so we don't know how to use our voice mm -hmm. and express ourselves. Mm -hmm. So you go through life that way. You become a, an adult. You go to your first job and they say, tell me about yourself. <laughs> You're like, and you read your resume. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you read your resume. Yeah, right? that's not telling and, and, and poorly. <laughs> yes, exactly. And they say, I've already got your resume. I want to know about you. Well, yeah. where do I start? You know, right. We're all like that. And so the answer is yes. Anyone, anyone can become a great speaker if you have the proper training. It's like anything. You, you can't get good unless you practice. Right. Yeah. And, and go to Vicky. She's a master at this. <laughs> All right, it is time now for us to just have you share your website because I know, just like me, uh, we're intrigued and interested to know more. So tell them how can they get in touch with you? Thank you. The best way for them to get in touch with me is first contact Vicki and say thank you for producing this show and having guests like Steve on and not just me, but the other guests because you know she's doing this for you guys. And so mm -hmm. she'll know how to get a hold of me. Okay, she's got direct access to me. Awesome. Aside from that, you can go to the Voices of Impact Awards and you can uh, contact me through there. Um, and I encourage you to go to the Voices of Impact Awards and register to become one of our storytellers. You don't have to be a speaker. You don't have to be a celebrity or even have a book. We're looking mm -hmm. for people that don't have experience because we're going to develop you, train you, guide you. Uh, to share your story. And who knows, I'm giving away $20,000 to the grand prize winner. So it could be you. Could be. All right. You are giving um, a gift, how to write your story, even how if to... you've never worn a cape. Oh, your hero story. Even if you've never worn a cape. Oh, what a, I love that. So how can we get that? Thank you. You go to Voices of Impact Awards and you can go to my profile and you can just sign up. Just give the organization your email address and they'll send you the book. And the book is whether or not you're participating in the awards or not. It'll help you get jobs. It'll help you get dates. It'll help you just <laughs> connect with people because now you know how to talk about yourself in a yeah. fun, relaxed manner that makes sense and, and that will have impact with your listener. And all of those that are listening that are, you know, in their 20s or 30s, or even, you know, if we've got any teenagers listening, you've spent the last three years not connecting, not being in person with folks, and you're rusty. <laughs> Please take a, take time to get this book so that you will um, start to get comfortable again about having conversations. Absolutely. 
Well, it has been such a pleasure to talk with you today. It's, it's um, as I said, and I do tell uh, only the people that I truly mean this. I don't tell everyone. Sometimes I let the, the, the interview go longer than the 30 minutes, and I don't know if people curse me for that, but I just think that uh, there's just so much more to your story and so much more advice that you can give. So thank you so much for being on tonight. And um, as always, I remind everyone that life is a journey and it is up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Neffling signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.